Hey, what's up? It's MJ. Want to snag a $100 Napa cab for $25? Wine Spies finds incredible wines at ridiculous prices. We're talking Zinfandel, Barolo, Champagne, you name it. Some of these wines are up to 75% off. It's not a club, so there's no obligation to buy. They even have a build a case option so you can mix and match wines and take advantage of free shipping on every purchase. Make sure you keep an eye out for their daily offer because once a wine sells out, there's no guarantee it'll be back. Go ahead and check them out. You'll even get a discount by going to winespies.com forward slash black wine guy. Hey, I'm MJ Taller, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. Hey, hey, everybody. What's up? It's your boy, MJ. It's the Black Wine Guy Experience, and my guest today is co-owner of Dancing Crow Vineyards in Lake County, California, Stefan Cartledge. Stefan comes from an esteemed family of Northern California winemakers. His father, Tony Cartledge, co-founded Cartledge and Brown Winery in Sonoma in 1980, and in 2011, he sold off his share of that winery with a goal to continue working in the wine business, but this time with his family. In 2014, the Cartledge is purchased the historic 36-acre Dancing Crow Winery, and after graduating from Oberlin College in 2015, Stefan went to work with his family. After several years in Northern California, he now represents the family's wines on the East Coast, so he's 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 uh, west to east. <laughs> so everybody, help me welcome Stefan. Um, anything you'd like to add? You 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 got it. I think that's uh, that's a pretty good summation there. Okay, so Stefan and I actually connected. Uh, kind of through Instagram, I, I connected with uh, uh, your your dancing crow, the dancing crow account, and then I got a message, a direct message from them one day, saying, "Hey, um, we we our sales, our you know our our, our sales manager is going to be in your area. Can he drop off some wine?" And and uh, and 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 Stefan showed up at my house with, with six bottles of wine. <laughs> I- I mean, I appreciate the turnaround there. Yeah, you know, I felt like it was a, a day later. I was at your door. Yeah, uh, it was pretty quick. I was like, <laughs> "What?" I was like, "So, um, and but we move uh, fast, you know. Yeah, we we move quickly. So, and uh, and I had the opportunity to taste like six of their wines. The wines mm-hmm. are uh, fantastic. Thank you. Um, and um, you know, um, so tell everybody what we, what we are drinking tonight. So uh, tonight we are drinking our rosé. It's our it's a twenty twenty vintage uh, rosé. It's from. Take a little sip here. Um, it's from Syrah grapes primarily, about 83% Syrah. Um, but there is a splash of the reindeer for uh, Sauvignon Blanc. So it's got a little of our Sauvignon Blanc in there too. Oh, that's different. Mm-hmm. Syrah, Sauvignon. Oh, that's different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really crisp. It's got that nice bite. Mm-hmm. Um definitely something you guys would want to pound on your porch this summer or mm-hmm. just have like a salad nissoise or you know cold salmon salad uh cold lobster roll go good with mm-hmm. um 
uh, although I prefer the butter, you know, I put that out. But the cold one, man, it would it'd be perfect with that. You know, could get the celery. Oh, yeah. Just, just, just. Oh, delicious. It would pop off. And then uh, what else will we be trying later? And later we will be having our uh, field blend. Uh, so this is our our wine made from this vineyard we we took over uh, a few years ago, and it uh, it's called Old Stake 1901. Uh, so it's a it's a field blend, and um, I can explain a little bit what that that means. Um, so basically, it's got 24 different varietals in it, uh, a lot of which we don't even know what exactly it is. So it's a bit of a mystery wine. Um, but uh, basically, we just we take it, um, harvest, hand harvest it all together, co-ferment it all, and produce it as sort of and and you know we, we it's it's up to whoever the powers that be to tell us exactly what the kind of wine this is going to be. So um, it, it's unlike any other wine. I think we can safely say that. Yes. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. Awesome. Um, so very cool. Very cool. Very cool. So. You know, um, a lot of people who who listen to the show, you you follow my Instagram feed. That's mm-hmm. how you found me. So you probably seen, like I said, after after uh, Stefan came and dropped off those wines. I you know I just was going crazy back in my feed. Um, but um, for people who um, may not be familiar with your winery, um, tell them about tell them about the uh, all the wines you produce. Sure. And then you're kind of like your philosophy behind the, the winery. Happy. So I, I guess we, we, we produce a sort of limited lineup. You know, I think when, when we started Dancing Crow, one thing that was really important for us was to make sure – and this is something that particularly my dad has been a big proponent of is making sure, you know, wines come from places where everything's going to be varietally correct. You know, so we're only going to do something if it makes sense to do it in that place. Um, you know, Lake County – is particularly noted for Sauvignon Blanc, um, as well as Cabernet, Zinfandel. You know, not great for Chardonnay, and it's just never going to be great for Chardonnay. Probably, mm-hmm. um, maybe someone out there is doing a good Chardonnay, but we haven't yet come across that. Um, so, um, basically, I think that's something that we're we're trying to be very conscientious of: is making sure all our all the wines that we produce are, you know, well, are, sense of place, yes, and not and not so much driven by uh, profitability, right? Where where people ripped up all these great. Yeah. Old vines and other. We're not great on profitability, just generally. So <laughs> <laughs> we do our best, but no. it's it's hard. <laughs> well, I mean, people. I mean, when I first got in the wine business, it was like, how do you make a small fortune in the wine business? Start with a large one. Start with a large one. That's right. Sorry to steal your joke. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's not. It's, it's an industry that it's known. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of known. Yeah. Um, but um, I like that because, like, like you know, I, we're in a situation that that old steak, nineteen oh one. Vineyard was planted around 1901. Um, yeah, I think that's that's basically where we're where we're shooting for. I mean, maybe a bit sooner. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is one of the oldest vineyards in Lake County. Um, and so. it's part of the Historical Vineyard Society. It's yep. certified. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is this is. Um, yep. And, and and came very close to just being you know completely ripped out. You know, that's how we kind of took it over. Was because um, our it's okay if I go on this. Little yeah. Thing. Yep. Okay. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah. So we, we talk on this. Show. Oh, we, oh, oh, is that what we're doing? <laughs> Are we talking right now? Oh, good. I'm glad. Okay, I can relax now. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, well, basically, our, our our vineyard manager, his name's David Weiss. Um, he's been up in Lake County for forever, and he really knows a lot of the sites up there really well. He came to us one day and was like, oh, "I'm really upset." And we're like, "David, why are you upset?" And he said, "Well, you know, they're they're ripping out, you know, what may be the oldest vineyard in Lake County because it's just not 
producing, you know. So, and we were like, oh, okay, well, you know, who's in charge of it? And it was uh, at the time uh, a man named Jed Steele. Jed Steele, by the way, is, and when I remember when you came over, you, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, he's like, what do you know? I, we were talking, I was like, Lake County. I mean, you know, I, I've known about Lake County since Jed Steele went up there. He's like, oh my God, that's, mm-hmm. and for you guys who don't know, Jed Steele was, uh, he's a, he was a kick-ass, he still is a kick-ass winemaker. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. he, he really shaped the future. He really changed California wine. Uh, when he worked at Kendall Jackson, he formulated their first, mm-hmm. their really popular Chardonnay. He came with that first formula for them. But he also makes really killer, and then he had his own label, Steel. He makes killer Chardonnays and Zinfandels and mm-hmm. some Pinot Noir. He's just a f- fucking fantastic winemaker. But he he's always been, he's been up in Lake County. He's like a Lake County pioneer as exactly. far as the, the new wave. Right? Definitely. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, he's been around for a long, long time, longer than we have. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's beloved. Let's just say everyone in Lake County loves Jed and <laughs> I've yet to meet him, but I, you know, would love that opportunity. Um, but anyway, he, um, so we took this vineyard over as a way kind of to preserve this. And it was also kind of at the behest of our, of our winemakers, uh, David and Catherine DeSanti. They, um, they're amazing sort of couple winemaker and uh, they really just got giddy at the thought of making a field blend, which is something not a lot of winemakers in California get the opportunity to do. So it was some, for them a real great chance to add that to their repertoire. Um, so they just they just jumped on it. And, you know, we all just kind of the timing was right for all of it. And, uh, you know, we, we we took it over. Yeah. And are now grateful to steward it. So Nice, <laughs> nice. So I know you have the Sauvignon Blanc, you have the Rosé, you have this field blend. Mm-hmm. Guys, what else do you do? We also do a, a Zinfandel. Okay. Um, Which is very good. Oh, oh yeah. That, you like that, it? That, that, I told you. That's <laughs> in, it's like people, it's like it's one of those wines where, like I know, like I didn't expect it to be bad, but like, you're like, oh shit, this is really good. It's one of, it's, mm. it's like a sneaker, it like sneaks up on you, you know? It definitely does. Yeah. It, it, our our winemakers say it's the Zin for Pinot drinkers. Um, it's a little bit more elegant, shall we say, for yeah. a Zinfandel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can be a bit surprising for some people and uh, maybe why our Vivino rating isn't so great. But um. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I, I will go on record. Vivino's trash. <laughs> I, yeah. I, 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 it's and I'll, it's like, you know, <laughs> oh you see, you see, I know. He's going to start doing a woke in the giant. Because it, it's like people like, it's crowdsourced. Yeah. Okay. So like, okay, maybe you don't like Robert Parker, maybe you don't mm-hmm. like critics. But you want to trust dumbass down the street who mm-hmm. who doesn't know wine and bought a wine and doesn't like it, so it gives it a low rating mm-hmm. when it could be completely varietally correct. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it, it exhibits everything that it should from that site, mm-hmm. and it's 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 just it's just rank amateurs mm-hmm. by and by. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I can't say that to the consumer's face, but, know. you know, I completely agree with you. <laughs> I completely 100% agree with you. Um, it's, you know, it's it's tough. And I, and I you know, I've, I've, I've hand-sold our wine everywhere. And the moment they bring out the phone, I'm just like, please, no. Please don't. Don't do this to me. Don't make me. Don't make me. <laughs> we need to do, we need to do an ad. We need to do like an ad. So um, what is it? Experience got to add. John Cena's like there. Yeah. There. Uh-huh. And they got the, the, the young, the, the, the hipster to like, <laughs> This app will save me. <laughs> like throws the chair. When he's like, yeah. he's like, that app is trash, yeah. right? Like we need to do that with Vivito. Yeah. Vivito like so, a bunch exactly. of wankers like that app is trash. <laughs> we need to counter it. Yeah, somehow. You know, um, <laughs> no, it's, I'm, I don't give a fuck. Man, seriously, <laughs> it, it. I was just like, I was like, literally, like, you know, people. And as someone who who sells wine part time, people poke out their phone. I'm like I sit down with winemakers and the top people in the wine industry, and you're pulling out your fucking phone mm-hmm. to scan a picture from right. Joe Slobotnik down the street. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, wow. <laughs> I, I didn't know we were just going to go today. Um, and, and, and we're getting heated in here. No, you know? I know. And also like Sauvignon Blanc, right? So so like someone I follow on Instagram, they did a poll, um, a wine store, and I mm-hmm. love the wine. I buy a lot of wine from them. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, nothing wrong with doing a poll, but it was like, uh, where's the best Sauvignon Blanc from? Mm-hmm. And New Zealand one. I'm like, no, New Zealand makes the best style of New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Mm-hmm. What the fuck, people? Like people, yeah. and that's, and to me, that's the type of people gonna, you know, oh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc the right. best, right? Right? Yeah. Never had a fucking Sancerre. Never had a white Bordeaux. Never had a Dancing Crow Sauvignon Blanc, which tastes like Sancerre. Right. But they they're not gonna like it because they they want that gooseberry limey right. skin. And I'm not mad, and I'm not mad at New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, but the fact that that's that's what kind of drives these apps and stuff yeah. is like. Well, they, I think they want you know easy answers to right. questions that it's every, on TV. Yeah, exactly, it's the Kim Crawford. Right, mm-hmm. it's on fucking TV. And then people want to have that in their in their registrar. Yeah. you know, yeah. and then they're like, okay, I, this is what I'm going to buy for grandma. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 so, so um, I love the story about. Uh, the stewardship of the of the uh, the old steak menu. So obviously you're very proud of that one. Yes. What other wine you guys? I think I really proud of. What's like you think is your hallmark? Wine? Well, our flagship is our Sauvignon Blanc. Okay, like that is what we think Lake County should really be known for. Um, and and rosé actually to be fair. But um, but Sauvignon Blanc in particular, like the, what we can do with Sauvignon Blanc in Lake County is something you just can't do really elsewhere in California. Um, and that was why we were drawn to to it in the first place. Um, I mean, the history about Dancing Crow Vineyard, just so, just so we know. Yeah, um, hook it up. When my, when my dad had uh, Carton the Jim Brown back in the day, uh, he f- his winemaker was a time of the man, a man named Paul Mosier, um, who found this vineyard, and they made a single vineyard Sauvignon Blanc from it. Um, and it was called the Dancing Crow Vineyard, and it was Carlton Brown Dancing Crow Vineyard. Um, and and Paul came up to my dad and was just like, you know, I think this is this may be the best Sauvignon Blanc vineyard in in California. Like, I just, I mean, I mean, given his, you know, his right, style got, of winemaking and his opinion, and, and, and you know, and, and also years of experience too. And absolutely, mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. And he was just like, this is a these are these are phenomenal grapes, and we don't know exactly what's going on in there or why they are the way they are. But something is is ticking with that vineyard, and you know you should you should really jump on that opportunity if you can. So, flash forward eight years, you know nine years later, we're 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 there, you know. <laughs> and and um, you know, I want to I want to um, back up because something you said because you know the profitability, like like you make these wines that are really expressive. Mm-hmm. I just had another sip of the rosé; it's fucking killer, man. seriously, mm-hmm. showing really well. <laughs> um, but um, you mentioned cartilage and brown, so. That was a winery um, your father started, and their wines were like all t- ten dollars and less, right? Pretty, pretty much. I mean, yeah, you. I think you, maybe they had a twelve dollars. Yeah, maybe something maybe, like that. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. They were fourteen ninety. They went all out on a fourteen ninety nine. Yes. <laughs> Let's push the envelope. Yes. <laughs> Let's go crazy. Yes. <laughs> um, and if, if you guys don't know about that winery, which I, you know, this is it's just a wine business, so we can't. It's kind of hard to tell people's story because most people worked places um hmm. but those wines i remember those wines uh having those wines in the late 90s when i first kind of got in the wine business and people hate scores but like here 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 were wines that were getting 92s yep. and 93s from robert parker and they were yep. nine to fucking 12 bucks yep mm-hmm. and they were they were killer mm-hmm. like if you were looking for like and so there seems to be this um like why do they i mean just 
why were they why were they selling them that cheap? I mean, <laughs> I mean well, like you know, most people get a score and they're like they're like. Well, let's talk like, about profitability again. You know, <laughs> let's talk about why were they that cheap? That is a great question, and we should really get to the bottom of that because. Um, they had no business being that cheap, frankly. Yeah, and, and even no. and even Robert Parker said that he yeah. said there's no business, there's no reason this wine should be this 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 inexpensive. It needs to be twice, three times as much, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, those wines were literally yeah. like they were yeah. killer. Yeah. You know, for the mm-hmm. I mean, and, and they were like I said, they were ridiculous for the money. It was like it was, it was like let me buy two cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was a no brainer for yeah. a lot of people, especially in New York at the time when you know Cartledge Brown was really getting getting a foothold. I mean, that was. New York was their bread and butter, you yeah. know, for a long, long time. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know also with the dancing crow wines, though, um, that uh, you guys also, you know, like old steak. That's what's that? What does that retail for generally? Well, uh, you know, I think we're shooting for twenty-five a bottle. Kind of, right now, yeah. and I was thinking about this on the train, and I was like, "25 a bottle," and I've had it. It's ridiculous, and it's a, it's 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 a historic vineyard, so mm-hmm. it's old vines. Mm-hmm. So obviously, old vines produce less fruit, mm-hmm. um, and um, less fruit means less wine. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> and and then most people who make field blends like Ridge, most field it, you can't it, you can't find it. Find a field blend under mm-hmm. thirty bucks. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. I mean, an old. Vine field blend mm-hmm. for under thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're here. We're doing it. You know, we're out here doing it. Yeah, <laughs> people need to. These are wines people. Need, but it is they like need, they need to jump on them. But they're literally, like literally. It's a labor of love. Like yeah. honestly, it okay. is. And I think that is something we emphasize. Is like again, we don't want to price people out. Like we really like you know what we're, we're going to sell it at the price that we think is going to get it. You know, in most people's hands. Yeah. You know, and yeah. even if it's a limited quantity thing or whatever it is, like we're we're very much about like. Every, this wine should be accessible to anyone who wants it, yeah. and you know we're not. Yeah, we're, we we just don't. We also don't really know how to market fifty dollars bottles of wine. I'll be honest, <laughs> that's a world that we just we have no idea. Like we're just we're the you know we're hillbillies to those people. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you say okay, you hillbillies, right? So it is a family business. So yeah. let's let's start with your fa- your sure. family. Okay. Uh, your dad is from London, and right. then came to Napa in the seventies. Tell me, tell me about him and how he found his way into the wine oh, business. Oh boy! Well, he's had a very storied life, and I will do my best to recount as much <laughs> of that as I can. But um, you know, but uh, I will, I will do my best to be the mouthpiece for that. Uh, he, yeah. So he, so he grew up in London. You know, he, he dropped out of high school, uh, sixteen. You know, he's kind of living on his own for for a while, and then you know went to Paris. Um, you know, went you know. As a, he translated, I think, for French advertisements and tried to put them in English, and you know, did that for three weeks and then quit. But <laughs> um, and then he was a tour guide in Morocco for a while, and then he, you know, went after uh, a girl, not my mom, who was in California at the time, and uh, so he ended up there. And uh, so many of these stories, yeah, I know. Wine stories start I was, with a girl. Man. I was listening to your your podcast, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I've yeah, it's, it seems to be a theme. So <laughs> continuing the tradition, so romantic. Yes. <laughs> follow this girl yes. to California. <laughs> so he ended up there and, uh, you know, she kicked him out. And then – I'm sorry, Dad, if you're – yeah, anyway, but we'll, we'll talk about this later. But um, anyway, so he ended up in uh, Oregon, of all places, uh, driving cement trucks. And uh, he got tired of that too. But he, I could see getting tired of that. That's a job I wouldn't like to do. He, he was just bored, he said. You know, I mean, he worked on the Alaska Pipeline, you know, and he j- – was just he was so bored with that and i remember a story he told me where you know he was just not paying attention and the foreman or whoever was there directing him was saying hey buddy you need to you know snap too <laughs> and he said something like listen 
either you give me a lobotomy or something to do while I'm just waiting here because this is just I can't, this is so boring. <laughs> and uh, he opted to quit rather than get the lobotomy, I guess. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good choice. And uh, but anyway, so he then heard about winemaking in Napa Valley and decided to go down there just to scope it out. I literally just read a book. That was it. Like I, I wish I could remember the name of the book, but there was some book that was at the time pretty you know, instrumental in bringing attention to Napa. And um, he read it and went down there and got a tour as a as a wine tour guide with Fremark Abbey. Okay. Um, which at the time was run by my grandmother. And so she was, oh. she gave him his first, uh, his first job and also introduced him to my mom. So. Ah. Yeah. Nana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go Nana. Exactly. <laughs> So his first job is Fremark Abbey, and was that as a tour guide or his first job as a winemaker? Uh, tour guide. Okay. Yeah, tour guide. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> tour guide. How? How? Then, how did he get into making wine? Well, he he partnered with uh, a man named Glenn Brown. Um, so my dad, you know, he he just had the idea that like they that Napa really needed to sort of up its game in a way that I think you know it, it, he wanted to see I think largely more wine in restaurants. More, okay. more, more California wine in restaurants, okay. and so he, he, he just through being through Napa and being who he was and just charming everybody he saw, um, decided that he wanted to, you know, create a, a winery that was going to, you know, be be the first of its kind to do really variety correct wines that are very like like Dancing Crow, like right. a, a easily accessible price point, um, and so he pitched that idea to this man named Glenn Brown who had no experience with wine. I, you know, he worked for the State Department. Um, <laughs> and, uh, again, I, I shouldn't be the one telling the story, but, um, but you're here, but I'm here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Tony, I'll tell you what, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come, you know, you come to New York and visit your son. We'll have you on the show or once we things get, we, you know, we'll get a crew, we get some more budget. We'll come out there in the vineyard and we'll, we'll interview, but it's okay, man. This is a, it's good getting the story from the son's eyes, yes. right? From the, 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 the heir apparent. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> so, um, anyway, but, uh, yeah, so he, he partnered with them and then, yeah, they just they they kicked it off pretty quick, I think, and they and they really promoted their wines in New York. That was where you know a lot of wine business was being done, and this was the early '80s, so it was like right as that boom was taking mm-hmm. off, and it was still hard. You know, they they he talked about it like he was he was out he was gone traveling, really pushing pushing his wines, and you know, in places that were still like, no, we're only going to serve French wine, you know, and yeah, I, yeah. I imagine the '80s, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was still a tough tough sell. So, but um, but I think he took a lot of inspiration from Mondavi and. You know, who also just put all his energy into into promoting Napa and would personally be the one to go out and talk to anyone who would listen about, you mm-hmm. know, why Napa wines were so great. Um, so that's how he ended up, uh, anyway, kind of getting that all started. Okay. Okay. So um, your mom, mm-hmm. she's, she's a Napa native? She is. Well, she was born in Berkeley. Okay. Um, and but she's but she grew up in in Saint Helena, so okay. the town that I basically grew up into. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was it like growing up in Saint Helena? Oh God, it was. Uh, well, you know, I mean, it's 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 built for an industry that you have no access to, you know, for <laughs> for most of your life. So you know, I mean, it's it's there. You know, wine is everywhere, obviously, and vineyards are everywhere. But like, you know, it's just like as far as I was concerned, it was just like growing up anywhere else. I guess you know. I mean, it was. Uh, it was, you know, you'd have a lot of tourism on the weekends. It was like, I mean, I, I guess maybe like out here, be like growing up in like a, you know, Cape Cod or something. Maybe you're just like, you know, there's just, there's a, it's like a seasonal aspect to everything, and like, you know, folks are coming in and bringing all the glitz and glam with them, and then 
you know, peace and at the end of it. So, uh, yeah, it was a constant ebb and flow. I yeah, I mean, but like, did you like go to high school with like, oh, there, I went with some with Michael Mondavi's kid, oh, you know, like, like oh. you know, like, like the uh, wine kids, right? Like, right, the wine kids. Yeah, there were a few of those. Um, I didn't go to high school there actually. Okay. So I, I, I did middle school in San Lina, and then I actually went to a high school in the East Bay. Okay. Um, so I, I kind of. Yeah, bounced pretty quickly from that, and I actually didn't. I wasn't really friends with the wine kids. I, I knew okay, who they yeah, were. No, yeah. yeah, I mean, like I, I knew who they were, and like you know, the, the Cushies, the Particellis, and like these folks who you know I grew up with. But um, you know, I yeah. Then I went. I went to high school, and then once I did that, like they forgot about me pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, you know, I, I didn't really register for them after that. But um, I think they they took it as a personal insult. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Um... But your mom, she she must have came up from oh, the yeah. golden era, like she the Mondavi area, when when mm-hmm. all the the those first new wineries were being constructed. Yeah, she's 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 Napa Valley royalty as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Like she is just she knows everybody, everybody knows her, um, and she's seen it through everything, you know. And uh, I mean, when she she grew up, obviously, I think there were three wineries. I think it was you know Crew Mondavi, maybe another one. Yeah, so. He, uh, I mean, she, yeah, she was just there from from all of it, and seeing and, and seeing the changes for her, you know, it's 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 been kind of a whirlwind, I think. And I think yeah. what she likes about Lake County is that it really reminds her of uh, what Nappy used to be like growing up, um, you know. And so she she feels a kinship, I think, with that. Um, and uh, she's just a you know amazingly vibrant person, and has such a flair for creativity, and is great event organizer for us, and uh, does so much for us. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Love you, moms. Mom. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> um, so um, <clears throat> you uh, went to Oberlin. So mm-hmm. you said you went to high school in East Bay, and you mm-hmm. just, and then you uh, Oberlin's in Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhere there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, after you graduated, did you go right back to California? What did you do? So after I graduated, no, basically I I just jumped right into it. Um, from the get-go. So okay. we were, you know, that was kind I mean, we, we did our first vintage in 2014. So, you know, and I graduated in 2015. So kind of even before I graduated, I'd sort of started working for, you know, the wine business. And uh, so my job kind of at the, at the outset from graduating college was to go find distributors. My dad was just like, here, here's a map, you know, here's some names, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and so I hopped in my car and I, uh, you know, tried to find Everywhere that was in the Midwest, basically at that time, and then uh, after, well, once I once I officially graduated, I actually went to Chicago. Okay. So I was okay. I was in Chicago for for about a year and a half, um, and yeah, my job was basically just you know look for distributors and you know try to tell anyone who will listen that Lake County is the the new thing, you know, and the new exciting thing. So what you what you major in college? Uh, I did a sort of joint degree of uh, politics and English literature. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that could come in handy in sales. Yeah, politics definitely does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> negotiations. Yeah, negotiations. Yes, uh, it's easier know. from the outside, you know. But once you're in it, it's a little more, uh, a little more nerve wracking. <laughs> so Chicago, <clears throat> I love that your story. Dad's like, here, go find some distributors. Here. Here's a map. Go yeah, to, yeah. Well, you know, earn your keep, kid. <laughs> it, it turns out like half of them were were closed, so or had gone out of business years ago. So I was like, okay, well. You know, time for me to time to set my own shops here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then, um, what's it like working with your family? Because, like, I know that could be hard. I love it. Oh, okay. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's it's been one of the best things I've done. I think I I constantly think about like what 
could I have done differently or would I have done differently? But I love working with them. Like they're just the best people to hang around. And, you know, I love, I love my, I love my dad. I love my mom. Like they're just very, we're very, very supportive, loving parents. Um, and you know, they, and they never pressured me. That was the other thing. Like, I think a lot of people, kids growing up in the wine business feel this pressure from their families yeah. to, to carry on the lineage. And yeah. Like, um, Jensen, Calera yeah. Jensen mm-hmm. had no. to sell his kids. Didn't no. want it. Yeah. Kids didn't want to run a business. Yeah. And, uh, I don't think, I think Jed Steele, similar story actually. Yeah. Like, I don't think his kids wanted to yeah. do it. So, um, you know, I, and so I'm, I'm a bit of an anomaly there actually. And that I, I kind of really wanted to do it and be a part of it. Um, and just hope that I didn't screw it up too badly. <laughs> well, I think you're, I think you're, you're kind of young. I think you got yeah, plenty of time. Yeah, time. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think you're gonna screw it up. But if you wanted to, you got plenty of time. You got you got decades of I'm, screwing up to do. I'm I'm, I'm ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> you're up for the challenge. I'm up for the challenge. Definitely. <laughs> All right, listen, everybody. We're gonna take a quick break, <laughs> and then we're gonna come back with more Stefan in a second. If you follow me on social media, you know I love discovering and drinking new and exciting labels and winemakers. The Wine Spies offer wines like Single Vineyard Tempranillo from Amador County, Single Vineyard Mount Veter Zen from Peter Franis. If you don't know who he is, now you know. Wine Spies has been gathering intel since 2007, so these guys are really connected in the biz, and that's how they can offer so many great deals. I love their locker feature. It lets you build a case over time so you can check out with just one bottle and avoid shipping charges. They have a top-notch tasting panel so I can rely on the wines to be great every time, which lets me play around and discover more. The spies always take care of me, so if I'm not 100% happy with the wine, they'll make it right. And just for the listeners of my show, there's a special Black Wine Guy Experience URL discount code for $10 off your first order when you sign up at winespies.com forward slash black wine guy. Okay, we're back. So we were talking about how you are an anomaly uh, amongst wine kids. Uh, and uh, you actually really love it and, and love working with your family. Oh, and I, I you were only child? Uh, yeah, well, Sort of. Um, okay. So uh, both my parents have uh, children from their previous First marriages. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I have two half brothers. Okay. Yeah. And one of them works with us. Okay. I was going to say they they involved. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of them is. Yep. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. So we 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 got into this a little bit, um, uh, but I want to take a deeper dive. Tell people um, about Lake County. Um, everybody knows Napa, mm-hmm. um, but Lake Lake County. I remember seeing a map lake county used to be a part of napa actually that's right yeah not a lot of um, people know that right um so you you alluded to it um but can you can you d- deeper dive into why like you, you like what what have you heard like particularly the sauvignon blanc like why you can't they still haven't figured out like why is it so unique why is lake county terroir so unique um from from napa so there's uh, a very good answer for that. Um, part of it is that it is at a higher elevation. Okay. So it's at 1,400 feet, uh, and people's the joke goes that you know people from Napa look down on Lake County when they really should be looking up. <laughs> it's at 1,400 feet. Um, but uh, so it's, it's higher elevation, which basically means that you're getting hotter days but cooler nights. Okay. It's called a diurnal temperature yeah, flux. Yeah. Diurnal. There we go. Yeah. Fun, fun technical phrase there. Um, but uh, anyway, so for Sauvignon Blanc, that's particularly useful because what happens is 
that 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 variance in temperature you're getting and i'm talking like you know it might be 100 in the day and then 50 at night you know wow. really large swing drastic drastic swing yeah. and so what that does for the for the grapes is that it basically allows them to develop in every way or you know um, ripen in every way except sugar so you're harvesting uh sauvignon blanc at 21 bricks um, also the rosé is harvested at 21 bricks and so you're getting that lower alcohol so it's kind of, you know, we're aiming for 12, 12.3% um, alcohol. And then, you know, but you're not sacrificing the fruit character of the wine. Um, so you're still getting that kind of richness, complexity, um, acidity, especially. Lake County is particularly known for uh, acidic wines. And all our wines, I think, are on the acidic spectrum in some way. Um, so you, and that is just, and that is very hard to replicate in Napa just because, it just it gets so hot. And I remember growing up there, like it got hot and it stayed hot, especially during the summer. Like you know, it it, it it's like an oven. It just bakes everything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, a lot of tossing and turning and trying to get to sleep. You know, was always a challenge. And opening all the windows was a, usually a good trick. But um, but it's it stayed pretty warm. And so you're you're just it, just the the climate is not such that you can you can make a wine like that. So in that way, you know, we're we're trying to take our cues from Sancerre, yep. Loire. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc, like our Sauvignon Blanc has sometimes been compared to a white grave, um, you know, so that's kind of where we're aiming for is that sort of old world inspiration with kind of a new world twist as far as fruit's concerned, especially. Yeah. So you mentioned um, like the, the, the bricks is 21 and you're mm -hmm. trying to get it around, you know, 12, you know, 12.5% mm -hmm. right. alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, I was in a conversation the other day and um, there was a trend of some winemakers are just picking... It's not what you're doing because, like you explained, because of the terroir, because of the, the binaural, and because it gets hot and cold in big numbers, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you're not sacrificing any of that fruit flavor. Mm -hmm. um, but this in this discussion with, with some winemakers, they were from Sonoma, <clears throat> we're saying how, um, you know, it's great wine is opening up, but so it, people are like, I can make wine, and people are just picking grapes that aren't ripe, so mm -hmm. they have low alcohol, mm -hmm. and they don't have flavor. Right. Or... Mm -hmm. That's the, yeah, that's the tricky part. Right. Mm -hmm. But but this, like again, the rosé is just bursting with flavor. Mm -hmm. I would not have thought it was Syrah, because I'm getting those classic Grenache rosé, mm -hmm. like the strawberries and red raspberries. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But um, Well, one thing about it, too, maybe I should bring up, is that it goes through a so when we when we press it, you know, half of the grapes are going through a sort of classic white wine press, and the other half are going through a champagne press. That's something a little different that we do. Tell us about the champagne press. Oh, the champagne press. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it is. I mean, basically, you know, it's whole cluster. It's okay. kind of a slow process, and the point of it is to minimize skin contact. So, and according to our winemaker, what that does is basically bring out the aromatic elements of the wine that you sometimes sacrifice when making uh rosé. Also it's a you know it's not a it's not a saigné or saigné I guess. I yeah, know I know it. the word. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I barely know how to say your name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's something me and Sonia have in common. You know? <laughs> Maybe that's why well, you know. But we don't do that anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> basically, you know, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's Sanye is like a, you know, it's basically you're creating rosé as a byproduct right, of red right, wine, right, you know, right. whereas we're, our winemaker likes to say it's intentionality. We're intentionally harvesting these grapes to make rosé. Right. And, and I, and on that same one, there was a, that same Zoom I was on, um, Philippe Camby, you might've heard of him. Mm -hmm. He was, and he was saying the same thing. Like you have to pick grapes to make rosé. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a difference between making a Grenache rosé and a mm -hmm. Grenache. Like people don't mm -hmm. get that, and, and a lot of people just, well, you know, oh, geez, 
soccer moms. Oh, no. But no, rosé all day. I mean, so people just start mm -hmm. making rosés mm -hmm. out of grapes, and they're not making a real rosé per, you know, they're mm -hmm. not making a real rosé. They're making a pink wine. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, because, right. again, market forces and... Right. And that's something, you know, we we made a rosé again because it made sense to make a rosé up there. We We... And we make wines that we want to drink. We don't. Yeah. We don't really think about the consumer that much. In fact, and not, and not in a diss way. That, that no, no, I no. think I think that's a great way to make yeah. your wine because, like you said, this is a labor of love, right? Yeah. So, like, don't make you know, like, why would you make a wine you wouldn't want to drink yourself? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we we have a very cartilage borny palate, I would say, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we we stick by that. To you know, we'll we'll defend it. We'll die on that hill for sure. But um, you know, it isn't for everyone, and we we they people are very frank about that. You he's, know, they won't tell said, you. We got the Vivino reviews yes, to prove got, it. And please, you know, you can see them there. But um, <laughs> get that app off your phone, people. I'm, I'm <laughs> yes. I'm gonna get a letter from Vivino's oh, <laughs> council. Cease <laughs> and desist. <laughs> uh, I just hope we haven't, you know. Cross the Rubicon here, I, anyway. I, I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but um, it's you know, the black one guy experience. <laughs> you never know how it's going to turn out. Mm -hmm. I'm having so much fun today. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. So, <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So making wines that you guys would love to drink. Yeah, all that's right. that's the core of it all. You know, yeah. and um, and those wines are going to be trendy or not. You know, we, yeah. we, we don't know. You know, and but we'll but all we can say is that like they are made professionally and, and <laughs> you know we have we have very you know esteemed professionals working for us <laughs> and uh you know we trust we trust the process and we trust we trust you know yeah all of that so all right so um now i can only imagine uh was lake county affected by the fires yes okay yep and um you know uh it was it was tough yeah it was really i mean we've just been hammered f for the last six five years i don't know yeah i mean it's just been constant and these last ones i mean there were fires in lake county but it was particularly hard because um where my folks were it was i mean the fires came within 50 yards of their house oh wow yeah so it was oh. uh particularly scary for us i mean for me especially being out here and not being able to get a hold because they cut all the power communication all that um but anyway yes but lake county is just we've we've had to i mean you know, I'm at the bring it on stage of all of this, you know, just because like it's just been constant and we just can't seem to catch a break, unfortunately. Yeah. So, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, no, it's, it's tough. And then, um, and then with COVID mm -hmm. over the past year, <laughs> and, um, and I would think these wines would do well in restaurants because of the price point and the quality. You know, these are easy $15 mm -hmm. pours, mm. easy. Yeah, you know? we think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, that was so. That was another thing we were. Well, I was hoping to do when I came out to New York. I was hoping to to visit more restaurants and 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 increase that exposure, um, which is basically what I was doing in in, in California. I mean, we we self distribute in California, um, and so I was you know going door to door, you know, googling every sort of restaurant wine store that I could possibly find and trying to you know get appointments, make presentations, that sort of thing. And um, you know, so we got into a couple of restaurants, and then we had some really great relationships with those people. But um, you know, obviously, they a lot of them took a huge hit during COVID, and you know, it, it was a blessing and a curse that we were so focused on uh, off premise, you know, and that obviously did go up during COVID. Um, so that was you know one thing that we helped to survive everything, yeah, including the fires. So good, good, mm -hmm. good, good. And and um, 
why don't we crack into the old right. steak, man? What's going on? Yeah, huh? Let's get okay. that on and popping. Um, and the old steak, what vintage is that? This is 20, uh, 2018. 2018, okay. Yeah. So um, what what's like your favorite wine from 2018? 20, 2018 is considered a pretty good vintage across the board in California. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a standout you guys think is like your best wine? Ooh, from 2018? Um, you know, we, we did do a good Zinfandel. Uh, from 2018, yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty nice wine. Um, again, I think it really showcased the characteristics that we were looking for, which was that sort of more elegant style Zin. Again, I know that's a bit kind of oxymoronic statement, but uh. well, I mean, I think, I mean, it's a yes and no, right? Yeah. I mm-hmm. think there, I think that if you look at old school Zinfandel, mm-hmm. it was built. A lot of old school Zins were built like um, Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. You know, they were mm-hmm. made they made to be like Bordeaux, um, and then you know. The 90s happened, you know, 80s, 90s happened, and then Zins got big. Yeah. I mean, they got big, brash, you know, mm-hmm. um, nothing, I mean, nothing under, you, it, you're hard pressed to find a lot of Zins under 14.5. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- there were Zins like back in the day, there were, you know, they were 13, mm-hmm. you know, if it was 13.8, yeah. thir- it, it was really ripe. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> are you nuts? Um, so, you know, I, I do think I haven't I, I don't think I had I think I had the 20. I'm not sure I have to see what vintage you gave me mm-hmm. last time. But the, you had said it's like a Pinot Noir drinker's in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's also like a, a Grenache drinker's in. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those like, um, yeah, just really a, a rethrill. Just you're like, wow, what is this? Mm-hmm. This is a Zen. Mm-hmm. It's one of those wines, yeah. like, you know, it, but you get all that briary, brambly fruit, but then just. You know, not yeah. not that big, heavy. All our wines are kind of a blind taster's nightmare, to be honest. Yeah, I, I love and I love wines like that. I, I I do no, and that's perfect. See that see though, and that's and that's the thing, right? Wine. These are wines that will fuck people up in a blind tasting, right? Particularly a Sauvignon Blanc. The Sauvignon Blanc, I'm sure that Zen would too. Like, say, because you're not gonna, you're not gonna. Mm-hmm. No one's gonna be like Zen Lake County, yep, right. 2018. Nailed it. No, nope, <laughs> no, nope, you'll never see that on a certain network mm-hmm. <laughs> that has people who blind taste all the Ooh. time. Um, you won't, you won't, you will never hear, uh, you know, and, and your Sauvignon Blanc, they'd be like, I'm going to call this a Loire Valley, Sancerre. Yeah. And that, that mm-hmm. is those, you it'll, know. it'll sneak up on you, you know? Yeah. Just <laughs> like, yeah. I'd, you listen, I had the one, the wine from Virginia. I was like, this is a fucking Merlot based wine from Virginia. I said, this will fuck people up in a blind taste. And I love wines. That'll just, you're like, what? So, mm-hmm. um, so that's cool. That's cool. So we're we're getting into this um, <clears throat> the old steak vineyard, um, and we did. You talked a little bit about it, but like, so how do you even know there's 24 varieties in there? Like, what what type of oh. like some type of studies come in and we look at that sound. That you know what sound I hate the sound of glass breaking. Mm. We didn't break one here. Mm-mm. Wow, this is like we this is like 17 episodes. We haven't broke a glass yet. So knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> um, Deep breaths. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so so how did you like? How do you even know there's 24 in there? Well, we we went out and we we tested. <laughs> <laughs> Say more about oh, yes, that. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, I I unfortunately don't know the specifics of that, but I, we look are, it up. It's okay. Ah, uh, yeah. It's going on. It's going on the interwebs. It it happens. You know, someone someone out there, mad scientist guy with test tubes and crazy Doc Brown hair. You know, went out there and gathered the grapes and uh, you know put get, it in his giant a lot of like grape machine. licorice. Licorice, yes. Anise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think there's like a lovely blueberry note to it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Some boysenberry. Boysenberry. I love boysenberry. I didn't really know what boysenberry was, so mm-hmm. I moved to California and went to Trader Joe's and got boysenberry jam. Ah. But that's how but people mm-hmm. – and this thing, if, just, if, you're listening, if, you're, if you're listening, if you're listening, those <laughs> – If you can hear us. If you can hear us. <laughs> um, listeners, like that's how you catalog flavors, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I know what boysenberry tastes like because I had boysenberry jam, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I – you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, – <clears throat> So you guys became stewards of this vineyard, um, and uh, how many vintages have you released from here? You're you're looking at it. Wow, this is yeah, the first. Oh, the wow. first, yeah. Oh my goodness, I have had this wine before. Mm-hmm. Hello, old friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, so because of the fires, we we couldn't make uh, the the subsequent vintage because of smoke taint. Oh, yeah. Wow. So that was a a, okay. a sad a sad moment. So we've now. Begin the process. We're 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 we're, we're going to make obviously the next vintage. You should take some of those smoke tank grapes, mm-hmm. come up with some crazy label, <laughs> and and then get someone on Vivino to like give it five, five stars. Just <laughs> <laughs> turn into the this Vivino yes. episode. No. <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't sign up for this, but you know, hey, I'm here for the rides. So. <laughs> you signed the waiver. <laughs> I did. <laughs> um. The opinions expressed about Vivino are those of mm-hmm. MJ, a.k.a. the Black Wine Guy, and not of Dancing Crow Vineyards <laughs> or any of their uh, plays or subsidiaries. <clears throat> Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, uh, but I heard somewhere that, um, and I think this is really cool, and like you, you, you want to talk about grape diversity. Like you want to market yeah. some wine, right? In this, mm-hmm. in this day and age, grape diversity. Mm-hmm. What what is what where did you guys come up with the name for a grape? An experiment in grape diversity is what we found. Yes. Yeah. Well, are you and you're referring to the varietals? Yes. Yes. So, well, there is. It's mostly Zinfandel, but there is uh, some Cabernet, some Muscat of Alexandria. There is some Roussan, some Perlet, some uh, uh, Triga Nationale, mm. uh, Alicante Boucher, uh, and. Some did I say Cabernet already? Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, um, those are the ones that we've identified. <laughs> if you know more, please give us a call. <laughs> I would have to think, um, and I'm just spitballing here. I'd have to think there's some petite Syrah in that field. Maybe. I would yeah. have to think. I, I, I because, agree with that. Actually, in, in all, a lot of those old vineyards, you, you have you would have uh, Zin, uh, petite Syrah, uh, Matara, or Morvedra. Mm-hmm. I would have to assume there's mm-hmm. some of that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the Alicante. Mm-hmm. Um, um, a lot of white grapes. There are a lot of white grapes. A yeah. lot of white grapes. Yeah. Big surprise with that. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would definitely think, you know, there's definitely some petite, some Moved mm-hmm. or Mataro, depending on the clone you mm-hmm. have. Um, uh, you know, um, maybe, maybe, maybe some Tempranillo. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, and then you had you had you had Tariga. So mm-hmm. you have you have, um, and you might have. You're right, some Tempranillo because you have Iberian grapes. Alicante mm-hmm. Boucher is mm-hmm. kind of from. I mean. Mm-hmm. What is it called? What's Alicante be? What's the name for Alicante Boucher? Mm, oh, uh, Garnaca Tintoria. Ah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm an egghead. That one of us knew. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> one. Garnaca Tintoria. Um, <clears throat> so that is, that's crazy. And and it's just, you just harvest all the grapes by hand. Is this, is yep. this, is this completely it. destemmed? Uh, no, no, it's not. Whole cluster? Whole cluster, yep. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. And it's all co-fermented. Um, you know, and I think something that we've we've brought attention to is that, you know, this wine is is coming from an early twentieth century mentality. Like that's the thing, because the way we're the way we're fermenting the wine, the way we're harvesting the wine, like that is just what they did then. 
So when you're drinking a wine, you're really drinking kind of that lineage of those growers back then when they didn't have access to a lot of that fancy stainless steel stuff that we use today, um, you know, or any other sort of modern mind making techniques that we now use. Um, and it was really, they, you know, they just, they just went for it. Is this native yeast? No. Okay. It's not native okay. yeast. Okay. I know we're not we're not special. Like no, that. I you know just, you just <laughs> mentioned old school techniques. Well, you know we 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 like risk again, but right. too much risk. Well, is... I mean, if you're... <laughs> it's hard enough. Let no, me I know. Say. As I said, go back to what we talked about at the beginning. You're worried mm-hmm. about profitability. Don't mm-hmm. be playing around with native yeast. No, I mean there's a reason why it's twenty five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a uh, you know we 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 need a we need a few safeguards just yeah. to keep us keep us in line, but um. You know, in every other way, though, we still want to make sure that this wine is is, is an expression of its unique place of origin and its unique history. Um, so we're we're doing the best we can given that. So tell me about Kelsey Bench, though. Is that a down like? Is... Yeah. Okay. Well, Lake County, it's like it's basically a big basin. It's just uh, you know, it's sort of like the Bermuda Triangle of California. Like you know, you, you go in, you may not come out. No, I'm just I'm just I'm just, I'm just kidding. I thought that was a uh, Humboldt. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, uh, that, was that the Green Triangle? All, which I yeah, mean, right, <laughs> right. Well, there's you know, that and I'm some sure, other things. I'm know? sure there's. Well, it's legal. <laughs> right. It's legal in New York now. Congratulations, yeah. New York. There we go. Hey. And New cheers. Jersey. <laughs> um, um, so I'm sure before it was legal though in California, I'm sure there was a lot of. Agriculture going yeah. on in Lake County. Let's call it that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Agriculture and science, you know, lots of science. <laughs> oh, so many science experiments going wrong. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, so Kelsey Bench, it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an AVA that we were particularly drawn to because well, we were trying to figure out where, where the best place for, you know, generally red grapes were going to be in Lake County. And one of the places we were looking at at the time was the Red Hills region, okay. um, which, you know, Beckstoffer is mm-hmm. taking a big chunk of yep. and is uh, really, really, you know, promoting uh, Cabernet from that from that area. But in his, uh, I mean, I don't know if I'm, you know, I'm supposed to say this this way, but anyway, but he said that, you know, Kelsey Bench was where he would prefer to be in a lot of ways. It's just smaller, you know, there's right. just not as much going on there. Um, in terms of spacing for stuff, um, but it's but it's a phenomenal place to grow red grapes. Generally, it's all volcanic soils, okay. um, and so you know what, Lake County has a very diverse soil topography. I didn't really get into the soils, but that's a huge part of what makes our wines well, our wines. We'll get into it. We're now. getting into it now. Yes, better better late than never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- uh, I love how nervous you are. You're so cute. Me? Yeah. yeah well, you know, this is my first podcast. Oh. <laughs> Oh, thank you for being here, man. You know, and I'm 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 the young guy. You know, you need you need the old guard on this. You know, I'm just uh... <laughs> nah, man. So yeah, the, so yeah, so yeah. Talk about the soil because you know there's a lot of a lot of wine people listen to this, like mm-hmm. winemakers and yeah, whatnot. Sure, and, you know. So it's uh yeah, like I said for uh, for Kelsey Bench, it's it's mostly volcanic, but there is that sort of loamy clay soil for our Sauvignon Blanc vineyard. It's it's all clay. Okay, it's a specific kind of clay too. It's called um, Diablo Black Clay Soil. Very fun. Exciting black devil clay. Yeah, you know, fun, uh, fun heavy metal band there. Name. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, so, but it's, I mean, the the volcanic comes from the fact that you know there's there's Mount Kanakdai there, which is um, right off the lake, and it's an active volcano. I mean, well, dormant ish. Well, active-ish, I mean, yeah, it's whatever yeah. you want to call it. I don't yeah. think it's going to go Mount St. Helens anytime soon. It's not going to do like a, a what happened to Mount Etna. Yeah, in yeah. Sicily, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, no, that was that was some crazy, that was gnarly. Yeah. But uh, I don't think we're we're worried about that anytime soon. But um, by the way, pause. Yeah. This, the aromatics just mm-hmm. just explode out of the glass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys, you know who you are. <laughs> you need to get some of this. All my my friends who love 
blends from Paso and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, like, this is right up your alley, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you like Shout Enough to Pop? This mm-hmm. is right up your alley. You like Zins? This is up your alley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like Red Wine? This is up your alley. And I mean, it's it's pretty ludicrous. Oh. Mm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we're talking soils, man. I just, <laughs> but literally, my glass is two feet away from me or a foot and a half away from me, and I can smell yeah. the aromatics. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they're so pungent. Yeah. yeah. So um, <clears throat> what does is, what is, um, volcanic soil bring to the mix? Well, you know, we're still – I think there's still a lot of discussion about, like, what actually the effect of soil is on grapes and, like – it's funny because in the case of our Sauvignon Blanc vineyard, we know kind of what it's doing. Generally speaking, we know that because it's it's so tough. Like that is tough soil. I mean, when it's when it's wet and then it's hot and it bakes it. I mean, you can build houses with that soil, that clay soil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but what and we and we know in that instance, Adobe, Adobe, Adobe. That's yes. a fun word. <laughs> it is a fun word. <laughs> I like it. Um, but uh, in in the case of uh, the Southern Long Vineyard, yes. Yeah, so it's 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 so tough that like it, what it what it does is it just restricts the vigor of the vine. So it's really that you know Sauvignon Blanc comes from some you know obviously I think it means like savage white or something like that, and it just means that like it's a it's a it's a varietal that just likes to grow and go crazy with vigor, and this really restrains it. So again, that again contributes to that concentration of fruit mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. in the clusters. Um, and then for the volcanic soil, you know, I actually don't really know okay. what uh, that is contributing here, but I'm sure it's something pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, because you hear it all the time. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, and and yeah. listen, this, I love it. I mean, listen, you grew up around wine, but you're not you're not the encyclopedia of wine. You don't Definitely have not. to be. You don't have to be though. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> unless you want to be a star on. <laughs> yes, I want to be. Not going to say it. Oh no, no. Oh, I was going to say you'd be a star on. A certain app oh, that shall remain nameless. Oh, full circle. Full circle. Full circle. God, <laughs> how did this one happen? <laughs> but, but, but to that point, mm-hmm. um, you do want to be a star. Um, like you said in the beginning, um, well, mm-hmm. you guys will hear when we release the Before the Poor mm-hmm. about uh, you want to be an actor, mm-hmm. right? Um, so one of your passions is theater mm-hmm. and circus arts. Uh, yes, yes. And that's, and, and, and so, you know, it's interesting. I think we've had Lyle Railsback and Amanda McCrossan on, um, both, they actually kind of were into theater, you know, Mm -hmm. and then they end up in wine. Mm -hmm. Do, do, do you see, is, do you see a connection between theater and wine? I mean, yeah. Tell me about what you All the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, sales. I mean, there's always a theatrical element to sales. Yeah. Yeah. And. Knowing how to, you know, perform in a crowd is always important. You know, I, I personally like it when I have the lines beforehand and I can just know what I'm going to say and where, and they tell me where to stand and what to deliver. And like, that's, that's where I shine, you know, when I'm, when I'm spitballing, it's, you know, I, I did teach improv, but I was never very good at it, you know, <laughs> and I was teaching kids, you know, like, you know, and they're easy. Like they're, they're, they're always improving. Like it's never, never stopping for them. Like their minds just go, go crazy. But, um, so, uh, anyway, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like, piece everything together as like I'm learning all about the history and all about like I mean like you know living for my parents too it's like it's all just sort of through osmosis that you're learning a lot of this stuff you know and just how and also like when I came up in the Napa Valley or like was growing up there you know the wine industry was this completely different place than what people were talking about I had no idea of like the sort of you know the whole history of Mandavi and they and they never taught us that you know you had to hear it from your folks and like and all the crazy stories and all the interactions and all the sort of like mystery and legends and myths and all that kind of thing. You know, that was something that, you know, I just got the Disneyland version. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, it, it just was like, 
at that point, you know, I mean, it, it just from hearing what my mom was describing growing up and seeing what I had, it was just like, well, this is this is completely different. Um, so, you know, and I've done my best to kind of learn as much as I can, given what I can. But, um, you know, but I think that's why I was excited about the idea of Lake County and just being with them up there because we we started that together. I mean, as much as like my dad was the one who really saw the potential and, and possibility of Lake County, like that was something that we all did. Um, we were we were all there from the ground up. So we've seen the highs and lows of all of the changes that have been going on and just the sort of rigmarole of our business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned something <clears throat> earlier about, again, um, when we were before the show, kind of before the pour, about what your favorite meal was. And you talk about a roast uh, chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of wines did you uh, did your parents? I would assume your parents drank wine when you were growing they, up. They they did my you know they did. Um, my dad's not a big drinker, really, to be mm-hmm. honest. Like he he likes wine, he enjoys a glass of wine, but he'll take a couple of sips and he's kind of done. You know, he's you know my mom. Uh, you know she she's got a great palate, to be honest. Like she really knows good wine. Um, but uh, you know we we're sort of we're very casual around wine. You know it's just sort of like it's you know part of who we are, part of our business. But like you know we don't go crazy with like. You know, so you guys, you like there's. I was gonna. The question was yeah, like, sorry, you, yes. do I, no, no, no. That's perfect, perfect answer. No, um, there wasn't like like a special kid. Like your dad brought home a baller bottle one time, or like some crazy French shit, like a crazy like DRC. I or, miss those parties. Or, or shouting you know, with the pot, I, and you're like, <laughs> he's like, son, taste this wine. This is why you know there, you never had that. Type I no, that, I, again, I miss those parties. I think you know those were all pre me. <laughs> Free me. <laughs> you know, I think I think they they were definitely the life of life of the party for you know during during the eighties and early nineties. You know, but I was either too small to remember that, and then you know they were kind of settling down by the time I became conscious. <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, but yeah, boy, my brother Adam has some has some fun stories, and they, we'd had a, we'd had a little cellar in our in our house that we they'd have some pretty cool bottles. I remember. They brought out a 1971 Bechevel. Okay. Um, that was I, – I love that wine. That one was pretty terrific. Um, they also brought out like a Newton – I think it was Cabernet and it was like 13.5% alcohol. And it was like – you know, back in Napa didn't make – you know, those, That was high alcohol. That was high alcohol back then. Yeah. I mean it was pretty cool like just to see – I like I like that. You know, and I'm like loving learning that history now and it's just, you know, seeing the what people were doing back then and just how experimental it was and just the risks people were taking before it became kind of a more – codified thing yeah no i i saw on uh instagram bef- earlier today uh, another wine film the katori family mm-hmm. um really great family um shout out to them but um <laughs> um sam the son had uh, posted in a story a wine a 1979 chardonnay mm-hmm. and it was 13.9 mm-hmm. i'm like that's high fucking mm-hmm. alcohol for right. 1979 they were like what are you crazy mm-hmm. you know because Back then, it was really it was like twelve point five because that's what the French did twelve point five. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, so it's it's so funny. Like I said, like you see this thirteen point oh Newton Cabernet. Right. Like, what were they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, you know. So besides that, um, besides that seventy one Becheville, any other uh, baller wines that you've had the opportunity to taste and, and during your career that you're like, man, I really. This one, I remember there was one wine I had. And I mean, this is—I don't know if it's going to be a name, big name or not—but it was—it's called Osterhout. Have you ever heard of them? Osterhout. Osterhout. Yeah. Where are they from? Uh, they're from Sonoma. Okay. I believe. Yeah. And I remember. It was, I know someone listening to this is going to know. So okay. thanks. Yeah. yeah. Osterhout. Osterhout. Yeah. And they. Well, all I know from them was that I was. It was early days when we were just getting going, and we were we were with a distributor in Colorado, and there was this guy. His name was Mountain Matt. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what they called him. <laughs> I wonder how many people he killed. Well, 
just sounds like someone who's like you know i want him on my side in a bar fight. That's I, I, all. I, I believe you <laughs> he was now uh, matt walk now in matt. and just shut the room like yeah that's enough of that and this was you know you thought i was i'm nervous now i was <laughs> shivering in my little you know polo shirt you know when uh when he when he showed up and this was my first time ever working with a rep and doing a work with and we we drove all through um like colorado and glenwood springs and aspen and you know just we did we spent like two days together basically and okay. staying in ramada inns and stuff and and he would just he talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and just like i was just nodding listening and my dad always said you know just make sure you do everything you can to get along with the rep that was the always <laughs> number one rule you know make the rep, your best friend, right. you know, and so, um, but anyway, he, uh, I don't know, I didn't say a word to him really that whole time, but he, then he was like, he's like, you're great, man, like, you know, you're really cool, and he's like, I, I like hanging out with you, you know, and he's like, why don't you come over to my house and I'll make you dinner, and you know, we're gonna have some wines, and you know, okay, <laughs> and uh, he took me up to his, uh, you know, his house, which was again like. They, the reason why he was called Mountain Matt was because he's, he's up there. He's in the mountains, you know? Pikes Peak. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, anyway, we, you know, met his met his wife and kids, and we sat down, and he, his wife made a beautiful dinner, and they brought out this wine that he had been showing. I think they represented this wine maybe potentially, but um, and it was called Osterhut Zinn, and – yeah, there was something like it was just I don't I don't even remember what we had it with, but it was it was it was just like when I say like the the, the Pinot drinkers in like that mm-hmm. was the complete yes that's it yes <laughs> that's the one okay yes. very nice and it was just sort of the the pinnacle of that I thought you know they just did I mean a Zen that I'd never personally you know profile that I'd never come across ever and it was so cool to see that wine or that grape being expressed in that way um, and that was really fun and interesting for me yeah. I'm gonna have to find that one. Well, mm-hmm. my producer found it. She'll send it there to me. But I, I, I definitely have to try it. That's, mm-hmm. I love, I love wines like mm-hmm. that. Unique mm-hmm. wines, um, off the beaten path, mm-hmm. and just uh, that for me, that's fun. So, what do you, what, what, um, what do you love most about what you're doing right now? Well, what I love most right now, funny you should mention right now. Because it's uh, we we have now discovered, and we may be the first winery ever. I don't even know if I should be saying this big because if you have actual wine, producers. yeah. But you know, people drop people like Dustin Wilson said mm-hmm. he was pregnant on the show. People, that's what oh, happens yeah. on okay, the show. That's what happens. Well, yeah, all right. that's what happens. You know, and this is not going to seem like a big deal, yeah. but it is a big deal. And the big deal is that we found out that we can sell our wine through farmers markets. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, and it is dope. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. And it's uh, what's cool about that is that. We've now partnered with a, a farmer's market organization in the Bay Area where we are their only winery out there. And we have our little stand and we bought this van. It's a Citroen 1969 H van. I don't know if anyone here knows what that car is or van is, I should say. But I don't know, but I know Citroen is it's a French brand. Right. And yeah. it's, it, they, yeah. were, they, were, they were all over the place when my dad was growing up. They were like the cheap van right. that everyone who needed to move anything during that time. I guess had and they were all over France and I think a few of them made it, almost none made it to America right. and they're very unique they're like corrugated steel like they're just got these kind of pug nosed things and yeah. uh, and my dad's in love with this van because it I think brings him back to his cement truck days um, <laughs> <laughs> you know but uh, instead of cement coming out it's wine uh, there you go look at that oh wow yeah yeah, yeah. okay they're very unique yep. and so oh, very cool. he got this van on a whim and he wants to convert it into a mobile tasting room and we're going to bring it into these farmers markets and we're going to set up shop and that's how we're going to have our tasting room because nobody's coming up to Lake County and it's very hard to get up there for most <laughs> people. So what what do you do? You bring tasting room to right, them. Right. That's what you do. You bring Lake yep, County yep. to them. <laughs> and so um, and anyway, we just started that and I had an opportunity to work that. And you that's, bring the mountain 
to the masses. Remain Mountain to the masses. Yeah. Who said that? Uh, it was a mountain to Muhammad, Muhammad Mountain. Oh. Somebody said it. Mystical. Some some old dude some old years dude. ago Let's who see. was a philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> well, kudos to him. Off, off, <laughs> off quoted, often memed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> often memed. Oh boy. <laughs> um, but no, that's 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 awesome. So our our plan is to you know really take full advantage of that because we are I don't know I don't know any other wineries figured this out. Yet. No, and 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 our, what's your farming practices here? So we're hundred percent certified sustainable. You know that can mean. Oh, that means. Millions of dollars at the farmer's market. Oh, they love it. <laughs> you know, I mean. It, no, it does, bro. It means it's enough. Yeah. You know, we're sustainable in that we're sustaining in, in business. You yeah. know, we're, we're a sustainable business. <laughs> <laughs> Profitability, another theme I feel that we've been coming back to. But um, yeah, so, but it, but it's been a great outlet because you were talking about old steak. Like we've had, we've had challenges sort of, you know, selling old steak. And what? Uh, I know it's crazy, but we I'm going to become an old steak profit, bro. Please. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> we need it. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, for people like Field Blend, like they for a lot of people it's it's it's, you know, what do you what do you do with that? You know, it's just it, you know, they don't come across it that often, you know. And I mean, but I mean, but there is there's there's Ridge does the Field Blends. Mm-hmm. Oh, people do them. Yeah, for sure. And it's just Listen. Mhm. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. Uh-oh. Um, you could get two bottles of this for one bottle of the prisoner, and this is real Whoa. fucking wine. Oh, that's wow. I'm gonna take that home with me. Yeah, I'm. I'm. A, I said it. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. I'm. I'm giddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What F- a fuck a red blend. <laughs> this is actually a field blend mm-hmm. uh, from historic vineyards, mm. and two bottles for the cost of one, and you would not be disappointed. Hmm. Wow. Well, there you have it. I mean, from the man himself. There we go. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. Wow, I talked a lot of shit on this one. <laughs> well. But it's the truth. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm blown away. I, you know, <clears throat> I'm blown away by the wines again. This I haven't had them in about a year. Mm. They're, they're, they're amazing. Thank I don't you. know how they're not more popular. Um, you know, there is something nice to be flying under the radar, but also there, there, there needs to be. I think these are the type of wines that people need to be you – know, when people want to expand their palate, they need to be mm-hmm. uh, looking for and seeking out, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think there's a theme with the work your father did when he started Cartilage and Brown, just mm-hmm. bringing incredibly good wine mm-hmm. and making it accessible. People talk about wine being accessible nowadays. This is wine being accessible. Yeah. This is really good wine being accessible. Yeah, well, thanks. I mean, we think so. And and all we know is like we sold this wine at these farmer's markets and it's it, – these two wines are the best sellers. Like they just they they fly off, you know, the the stand as it were. Um, so that's been a real great we feel exposure for this wine, and you know it's 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 also great at farmers markets because like you know chefs come by, right. you know people right. all sorts of people show up to these, you know, and I think especially in COVID times, like there's an appeal for folks who can access their farmers market and be outdoors and shop outdoors right. and all the individual vendors and you you mm-hmm. get everything and like. You know, and we've got people come up to us and say, well, thanks for saving me a trip to the wine store. You know? Yeah. No, <laughs> and we're crazy. making someone unhappy with that comment. But, you know, <laughs> we're, uh, you know, we're there. So um, and it's just been really great to, to give our story directly. I, I just love it when we're as direct as possible. You know, everyone wine talks about direct to consumer, right? And they're talking about online mostly. But I'm right. We're talking about direct face to face where we can meet yep. the people drinking our wine. And yep. that's where I'm happiest. Right. When you're talking about back to what, you know, I love most is talking directly to people, yep. you know, without any third, fourth party. That's what I really love about this. That's supersonic, mm-hmm. supersonic. 
Well, man, I think that's just a great place to end. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we could talk longer, but I'm sure I'd go off on a real tangent, and then I don't know what would happen. Um, but... Sponsored, sponsored by Vivino. Yeah. Right. Seven... All right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> But no, I love I love the passion, the the family story, and uh, you know um, the authenticity and the honesty. You know, you, you like I'm hearing you, I'm feeling. You know, people don't realize how hard it is to sell wine on the street. You know, like to go knock on a door, mm. um, and. And you have good wine. You're not mm. even trying. You're not slocking around some shit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, <laughs> but, so. but but you know, people people are like I'm not tasting. I don't want to taste. You know, right. so it's tough, man. Mm-hmm. So um, kudos to you. Thank you. So um, everybody, um, tell everybody where they can find you and the wines. Give them your IG handles. Sure. Well, you can you can always buy online uh, dancingcrow.com. You know, all our wines are available there. You can you can buy them. We'll ship them out. Um, and you and you know. As far as on talking about the East Coast, well, you know, we're we're everywhere and nowhere. You know, that's kind of how it is. But um, you know, I think the, you can pick up that Sauvignon Blanc tree, at just, Whole Foods. If, carries you that can. One. That's yeah. right. In, in Northern California, and anywhere that can sell wine, yeah. we are in Whole Foods. Uh, in any Whole Foods that can't uh, now in New York, they they can't do that. But um, anywhere else, and if you want to find, you know, just email us. Like we're here, we're listening. Like we'll 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 talk to you direct, and you say, hey, where can I get your wine? And you tell us where we are. We'll find out. Trust me. So just send us an email, and we will we'll find it for you. Yep. And you can also follow at Dancing Crow. Mm-hmm. on um, Instagram and at Oats and Hayden. Oh, oh wow. The personal. Yeah, man. Okay, wow. We're going to hook you up. Gonna, oh, I appreciate that, We're going to throw some clips. You know. <laughs> I think, thank Girls you. are going to be like, can I try your oh. Sauvignon <laughs> I heard you have a good rosé oh. and you're kind of tall. We're going to be making boy. love the tall, connections. The tall for, thing. Okay, we're bringing the tall for, thing. Yeah, we're going to bring the tall thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, <laughs> well, again, Stefan, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you so much, MJ. Um, everybody, it's your boy, MJ. Another episode is in the can. Until the next time, cheers to the Mavericks, the philosophers, the deep thinkers, and, of course, the wine drinkers. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. You had some fun while you were here. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list. 